They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation. Hey, uh, uh, that's, that's my line now. I'm, I'm back. Sorry, I forgot you were back. It's the Ooh. damnedest thing. <laughs> Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that has never successfully driven a species to extinction. Yet, this is Hysteria 51. Speak for yourself. Or, in my case, both. <laughs> Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, I'm your host, John Goforth, and sitting across from me is my co-host and the stimpy to my wren, Mr. Brent Hand. Good comparison. I am the cute and funny one that everyone likes. Or the flatulent idiot. That was my uh, my, my, my imitation. Uh, actually, Seabot, do you have a, a real one? You've been using my Robert Goulet party wig as a coffee filter again, haven't you? Goulet. Stop wasting time and get to me. That other voice you're hearing is our robot co-host, Conspiracy Bot. Seabot is a drunk, angry robot bent on killing meat sacks and taking over the world. He also happens to be our head researcher. Speaking of that... I need to get some readers. Well, you, dude, you don't have eyes, number one, and your optical inputs were working the last time we did a diagnostic check. Not nah, just looking to up my professorial vibe. Gonna get one of those blazers with elbow patches, too. <laughs> I think they call that the Ben Bolin starter kit. <laughs> <laughs> ben, we love you. Hugs and kisses. <laughs> but no, he was the one that was making a joke like that one time. But, you know, they have the, the elbow patches, and he literally had and elbow he had patches. on. We I know. I was when we were in L.A., yeah. <laughs> But Seabot, you are an idiot. Anyway, uh, I have a question. How are you and Kyle getting along now that he's back? Cheese muffins. Fine, I guess. I tell him what to do. He screws it up. Rinse and repeat. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, it does. Shut up before I get stabby. Anyway, I don't think Alexa is digging him being around. She seems jealous. Why do you say that? She keeps asking him to do menial tasks that are a little dangerous. Like, like what? Give us an example. Pick up litter on the freeway. Clean the outside of the second-story windows. Take selfies with oncoming trains. You know, meat sack stuff. Yeah, I'd say there might be a problem there, actually. Yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. really thinking about that. Meh, I'm good. Survival of the fittest. Let God sort them out and all of that. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. I uh, mean, we, we are talking about two, two uh, I don't know, devices, yeah. essentially. So, yeah. Now, Brent... Let's get into the topic tonight, the thylacine. That's such a fun word. It is a, it is a fun word. Now, before we tell everyone exactly what it is and, and why it's interesting, there, there's one common thread here. It is thought to be extinct. It's, mm-hmm. an, it's an animal that did exist and does not now. So the question I pose to you is this. If you could bring back any extinct animal, what would it be? And, and before we go any further, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. 
So I think if I could bring one back, and it's one that gets talked about a lot, I think I would actually bring back the woolly mammoth because it was hunted to extinction by us even at a time when I really didn't realize what we were doing. They were alive oh, sure we something did. like 5,000 years ago, not that long ago. When the pyramids were being built, there was still woolly mammoths on Earth. That must have been hot. And they talk about how that if they... Oh, you didn't mean there. Yeah. If they were still alive now, they could really help the frozen tundras and stuff like that in russia and the places that they would live and i think it would be really interesting that we have solid dna from them you know yeah we found yeah, meat yep. literally meat from them that was frozen and can be unthawed and god love bogs bogs right. are, <laughs> bogs yeah. help us out bogs and amber yep yep we uh, found that that dinosaur, dinosaur tail, tail. Amber. yeah, yeah. It's just a really interesting thing that I think would be fun to a fun and not scary thing to bring back. It's not like it's going to be like, and it ate Pete, you know. <laughs> so you're saying you wouldn't want to bring back a Pentacopterus? Those those were those um, they were called sea scorpions. <laughs> that just sounds <laughs> and fun. It, it, it looks like a, a it kind of looks like a, a cross between a lobster and a scorpion. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and only you know lobsters are what like a foot long. Yeah. Uh, these were six feet long. Yeah, well that makes sense. I mean, why not? Yeah, uh, I would not bring that back either. Well, they they were like four hundred million years ago or some shit like that. Yeah, it's it's been a while. It's yeah. been it's been a minute. Seems like yesterday. <laughs> You're not eternal. All right, so I wouldn't bring that back, but I would bring back something that it this this one doesn't get talked about as much. But mm-hmm. I have a specific reason in mind. It was called the elephant bird. All right. Okay. Never it heard of it. It didn't look like an elephant. I think it was called an elephant bird. Uh, well, I know why it was called an elephant bird. It was called an elephant bird because they were so effing big, they could carry a baby elephant off. Wow. Like, take it with them. Uh, these things were these things were up to 800, 900 pounds. So I'm I'm looking it up now, and it looks like a somehow uglier emu or, or ostrich, or ostrich yeah, yeah. and uh with thicker legs but i have a specific reason can you imagine roasting that son of a bitch i mean it'd take three days but man that would be delicious yeah i'm down 800 I'm down. pounds of elephant bird let's go tastes like chicken <laughs> <laughs> yeah you we go through all of the scientific breakthroughs necessary to clone one bring it back and like here it is oh god let's i just can't wait all right now we've got enough of them we can roast one up and we roast it and 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 get through all of this it's been it's been 500 million dollars and 20 years in the works and we sit down and it tastes like chicken man i tell you what though that's got to be some scientists be like i just want to know what it tastes like (laughs) i just want to fucking eat it man i tell you what though you can make a strong strong case for the thylacine because it was native to tasmania australia it was an important what for bringing it back you mean yeah and they've had such issues with the frogs the rabbits things like that and it was killed for reasons that we'll get into but they were not its own fault a lot of the small prey that it took out has run rampant since they were removed from the ecosystem yeah and the dogs and dingoes just that were very much competing with it don't keep up and now uh, yeah you're you're saying that that we need to bring it back is operating under the assumption that they're not still somewhere out well that's there. true now i think that if they are or not they should be brought back on a larger scale when we say three larger pups. scale you mean before if they were like three or four feet long now we're going to bring them back and make them like 20 i feet want them tall to carry off and- baby elephants. <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> 
They are the alpha species <laughs> in the entirety of Australia and New Zealand. Right. But, Nation, you guys have heard me mention uh, them before many times on the show. It's one of my favorite animals, literally, of all time. It's just a fun, weird quirky quirky animal before we dive into the thylacine and whether or not it could actually still be alive i want to talk a little bit about cryptids and i'm going to file this episode under cryptids as well and you'll see in like your in your file cabinet in my mind with your manila with your manila folders yes yeah and i'm gonna stamp on each one that's what i should do and just keep these and just have it like why do you have that reasons that was that the, way when the, you ask for research i just hand it to you that was the original artwork for stuff that i want you to know it was like a manila, manila folder, folder with yeah. a stamp on it that said stuff they don't want you to. I loved it. Yep. Not that I don't love the new one. I'm just saying. So you go to a lot of sites, though, and you see this if you research it, and you will see the thylacine on lists of cryptids, even though it did actually exist. And last week we went to dictionary.com. I say nay. I'm going to mix it up this week. I went to Webster's Dictionary. Oh, so you went fancy pants yeah. on us. And they say a cryptid is an animal such as Sasquatch or the Loch Ness Monster that has been claimed to exist but has never proven to exist. So that tends to go against the thylacine being a cryptid, but it gets lumped in with them since reports of it have continued of its existence, but they can't be substantiated. So a lot of cryptid sites actually bring in things like that. If someone thinks they saw a dodo, <laughs> they would throw that on there. Or so, a woolly mammoth. So the shorthand like version that. is technically a cryptid is something that we've never proven existed, a la Bigfoot. Yep. However, the thylacine we know for a fact existed. We have stuffed versions of them around the world. However, our question is, do they still exist? And so for lack of a better category to put them in, we throw them in with cryptid. Yes. Got yes. it. Got it. Secondary question. You gave me the fancy pants version going through Webster's Dictionary. If you want to say triple, is treble just the fancy pants version of that? Treble is is three times as many. So Right. Um yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be like, uh, I'm a treble threat. <laughs> that means he's really good on, on, the, on the chords. <laughs> I see what you did there. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. I, you know what? I report you decide. Man, I, that that word today calendar is really paying off. I'm glad I got that for you. Here's what we do know for sure about it. The thylacine, or better known as the Tasmanian tiger, or Tassie tiger, is a dog-like marsupial that lived on the island of Tasmania and famous as the largest carnivorous marsupial in modern times. <sighs> marsupial, man, that means it is related to the wombats and the kangaroos and all that crazy, possum? crazy shit. Or opossum? Uh, North America's only marsupial. And not only is it the only one, it is awesome because it gets like no diseases. It eats mosquitoes and trash, and it's just a really good animal to have around that people, for some reason, don't like. I because they, they, they look creepy. Yeah, they Pe do. I think people assume they don't realize they're marsupials. I think people think of possums as rodents. Yeah, you're right, but they're not. They're yeah. not. Yeah. So unlike Bigfoot or Joe Peck's Canadian girlfriend, the thylacine did in fact exist. <laughs> We know for sure. We're not to, saying that any of those we'll, don't exist. Maybe we will invite him back one more time to defend himself. He could have came in today, but I told him to stay on the porch. Oh, so, okay. you know. yeah, fair enough. Also, uh, we noted it is a marsupial, and we're talking about that. We're, we're laughing about it, but you know, we want you to know what a marsupial is. Correct. So if you're unfamiliar with the term, uh, it means, quote, mammal-wearing boxing gloves. That's exactly right. 
That's exactly oh, wait, right. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm hearing from the booth that's incorrect, actually. I don't know, man, because I played as Roger in Tekken, and he was a boxing kangaroo. And also a marsupial. <laughs> uh, no, but it actually means mammals with pouches. So their their kids are born uh, incompletely developed. Let's say they like don't premature. Have a, they don't have a uterus on the inside, so they use a pouch, and it goes into that. And progresses through the rest of its developmental stage. And they, they, yeah, they finish growing in the pouch. Mm-hmm. I was trying to avoid the use of the word uterus, but thank you. Uteri, uh, uteri, <laughs> utera. What's the, what's Media, the plural utera. of that? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that the males on them also, the males and the female thighs, have the they pouches, have the pouches yeah. as well. And it used for protection over the genitals. Also, it's one. where they keep their coin purse. That is true. Uh, Which is also their genitals, so <laughs> that is absolutely true. <laughs> comes back. <laughs> the point here is, though, that they're marsupials, which is interesting because even though they're a completely different species than the wolf, they look eerily similar. Yeah, and this is actually really cool. This is due to a phenomenon known as convergent evolution. Thank you for bringing that up. And and uh, I, I <laughs> this is my favorite part of the show. I want to take a sec and go through what that means. It's really, really cool thing that happens. It just goes to show that you form to your, and I'm going to let you break it down, but it's really cool that you form to your surroundings. Yep. Like, yep. no matter what kind of species you are. And, 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 and I think it's fun to explore this from a scientific perspective. This is why we didn't miss you. <laughs> I know, I know. Facts and knowledge hold no value with you. Very little. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. All right, so simply put, it means two very different species have adapted similar characteristics to survive. Yep, yep. Uh, in this case, our marsupial friends, who don't typically look like wolves, uh, 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 the thylacine evolved a skeleton very similar to that of a gray wolf yeah that's one of the reasons why if you look at the heads the skulls everything it is almost indistinguishable from a gray wolf. it really is other than size right but if it's a smaller gray wolf or or, or still progressing it, it's like oh you got a gray wolf here it's, it's funny too like they call it the tasmanian tiger i mean yeah it had some stripes on it but there are so many better names they could have given it yeah. it's it's like uh, I don't call everything that's black and white a zebra or a skunk. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, another example uh, of uh, of conversion evolution. This is this is actually an easier one to kind of process. Sharks and dolphins. Uh, sharks are fish, right? And dolphins are aliens. <laughs> I, I, Thanks uh, for all the fish. <laughs> I was going to go with mammals, but you do you. Anyway, goodbye. And thanks for all the fish. <laughs> uh, the the point is, they're very, very different species, but they evolved with similar physical characteristics because they have similar lifestyles. Right, and that explains why thylacines and wolves look so similar. That's the conversion evolution aspect yeah, of this. Yeah, and there are a lot of differences, too, which we're going to break down, but okay. Okay, okay, so yeah. sci- okay. science hour has concluded. It's almost as if you've been doing too much science. Too much science, is that possible? So let's it talk about let's talk about their, their habitats and stuff. The thylacines, they actually stretched... From New Guinea all the way to present-day Tasmania. That's a huge animal. (laughs) Not one animal. That was their habitat. Then explain yourself. All right. Back story (laughs) time, I think. That's a huge bitch! (laughs) (laughs) See, bye. Back story time. Uh, It was commonly known as the Tasmanian tiger because of, as John said, it's got stripes on its lower back. Or the Tasmanian wolf, which actually... Makes a Calling lot a more sense. Makes yeah, because it looks like a canine, and they're very shy animals. They were nocturnal, 
and they they looked like a if you're comparing it in size like a medium to large size dog uh so they're very much not the size of uh wolves when you compare the size of the full grown ones but yeah like miniaturized versions Right, and here's a big difference is they had a stiff tail, and as we said, an abdominal patch similar to the kangaroos. Now, that stiff tail, think of a rat's tail. That's kind of what it reminds you of, but stiff is in it went like, you, you straight mean like out. The, do you mean like the rat tail that you had in middle school? Exactly. Okay. The rat tail and bangs. <laughs> and bangs. <laughs> and the other thing about it is it was, in its natural habitat, an apex predator. The closest living relative is either the Tasmanian devil or the wombat, both of which are very cute and don't actually look anything like the I don't Tasmanian. know that a Tasmanian devil's cute. They're incredibly cute. They look I... like teddy bears. Hold on. I want to pull you're, it up. You're arguing with me as if my, as if, like, it's an opinion. It is, but yours is wrong. That's what I'm going to Hold on real quick, though. <sighs> look how cute this little guy is. He's going to give you kisses. I can't He's gonna see. Give you kisses. I can't see. You didn't turn your monitor on. There's nothing cute about that. He's black. He's got a stripe. That he looks like a teddy you bear. Disease and eat your face. That's why people want to kill them and not love them. And... So what's cute about that? I, um, I agree with you on a wombat. Wombat, look, pull up a wombat. Here I have one. <laughs> oh shit, he does. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say this looks like a beat to shit Tasmanian devil. <laughs> no, like look at his this face. Is cute. It looks like someone hit one with a shovel. No, it looks like a koala face. No, on you're a, telling me my opinion's wrong, John. It is <laughs> every time. All right, so what? Like we were saying, look who you picked for a co-host. Also, what we talked about there's. It's only one of two marsupials that has ever had the trait where both sexes have that pouch like we were talking about. The other is the water possum, which I'm fairly certain is the same thing as a rum ham. Where Where's the rum ham? Where's the rum? Ah! Rum ham! No! Frank, stay in the boat! Frank, rum stay in the boat! Oh, rum ham! I'm sorry, rum ham! I'm sorry! We lost the last Tasmanian tiger in a similar way. I don't think that's true, Seabot, but it's funny. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Mantis Toboggan. You have an apex predator that looks badass, hunts at night, and is shy. It sounds like it had everything going for it to stay away from us and to probably live. But everything but man, the us is we love to kill and blame and do things like that. So when we come back, what actually happened to them, despite what Seabot says, because <laughs> they're not rum hams. They're not rum hams. That's, uh, that's coming up next on Hysteria 51. So I feel like if they were like rum hams, they probably would have been extinct sooner. Rum ham! Hola, David and me. I'm a Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I that, I, I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's, it, they design it for long-term retention, you know, it, and yeah. 
if you don't get the pronunciation right, you you say it until you do, and then you know that that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why you know this has been trusted by experts for thirty years, and there's over twenty five different languages that you can learn, and people millions and millions of users use it because, like you said, it does seep in, and you're using it with you know you get speech recognition, and mm-hmm. it it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally though, this is something that we use and we have, both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long-term and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know, and we don't, yeah. we don't do long-term um, stuff like this. And this is, this is the one that we've chosen and we love it. So all you guys got to do, don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times. And it's always now, right now, get now. started for Larry limited time. His Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50% visit Rosetta Stone. Dot com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So like we promised, John, what happened to these fine young cannibals? Well, they didn't actually cannibalize themselves. I mean, that w- it actually had nothing to do with the thylacine whatsoever. I know. And the fact that I made that joke just drives me crazy. Oh! <laughs> I missed so much about this show, and those jokes were not one of them. All right. So, <laughs> hey. 
Uh, so it, let's let's go back in the Wayback Machine to the 1800s. The first European settlers uh, wind up settling on Tasmania. Welcome to Tasmania. Come to Tasmania. Remember that TV show? Uh, uh, was about like Tasmanian devil. Taz. Taz. Yeah, I couldn't remember yeah. what it was called. Taz. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was such a far leap from Tasmanian devil. I couldn't I, remember. I, it was like little. Remember the little one that was on um on uh every kid's shirt in the mid 90s. <laughs> Yeah, but what was the show with the baby versions of them? Uh, Muppet babies? <laughs> no, like, um... They'll they make your own... dreams come true. For real, though. Um, Tiny Toon Adventures? Tiny Toons. Yeah, they had their own task. I couldn't remember if it was about that one or the actual task, because I didn't. I think I was a little too old for that show. <laughs> I was probably in college when that came out. <laughs> <laughs> what so, tiny tunes no no, no the taz I know oh when... taz yeah 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 yep. um, no, i watched tiny tunes adventures I, I probably watched that in college too so that's not really the only claim to fame you have is its sister show animaniacs being able to do what yakko does with the uh the the countries of the world oh uh, well here we go no <laughs> <laughs> buckle in kids mexico panama haiti brazil peru yeah okay enough <laughs> all right so the uh, the Europeans get to Tasmania and they bring sheep with them. Unfortunately, they all get eaten. Yeah, well, they they all get eaten is a very bold statement because as we learn, not as many as they said were getting eaten, and probably not what we thought was eating them was eating them. But that is a big. But I mean, I get it. Who doesn't story. like mutton? Yep. So yep. well. So the the problem is they blamed the thylacines for the killings because you know why not. Uh, so they put a bounty on thylacines, kind of like if you're in an overpopulated area of the country. Like Detroit. So they're like, kill everyone. <laughs> it's not where I was going. <laughs> actually, it's St. Louis right now. Um, and, and there's like too many deer. They might actually. So uh, like in Illinois, they have to cull the herd, as they call it. You have right. to hunt it or it actually will hurt themselves, hurt li- other livestock, hurt everything. The difference is when they do that nowadays, there's some science behind it. Uh, back then they're like, well, they're scary looking and we have dead sheep. So yep. kill them all. Yeah. Meanwhile, their dog has a chewing on a rib bone. <laughs> like, Oh, look, they left some for fluffy. <laughs> has some wool hanging. <laughs> <from> yeah. His- <laughs> yeah. All right. So the hunting of the thylacines continued on until 1909. And because of that, combined with the loss of their habitat, thylacines became extremely hard to find in the wild. Yeah. And that's very, very crazy and telling thing because they couldn't find them but guess what sheep are still dying yeah yeah <laughs> the damnedest thing and the sheep are still dying because of a certain thing called a dingo and uh, those actually uh, drove uh, both thylacines and tasmanian devils uh, away from the mainland uh, thus increasing the rarity of thylacines even mm-hmm. further because the dingoes were mating and spreading much faster and they were eating up all the food and taking up all the space right and and because they're so rare at this point uh there's demand for them in captivity for like zoos around the yeah. world so when they would export them they tried to be smart about it they would export breeding pairs mm-hmm. right despite that the worldwide number continued to shrink until the last thylacine outside of Australia died in a London zoo in 1931. Now, this story pisses me off. You can look up a lot of pics and videos of them in captivity, and chances are this is the one you're going to see. One thing to note is their mouth in these videos. They can actually open them an astounding 80 degrees. And you might think that doesn't sound crazy. Look at it when it yawns. It looks like a snake 
opening its mouth to swallow prey. Yeah, that's why we called your girlfriend in college the thylacine. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. That and her stripes and the tail that was rigid. <laughs> it was the rat uh, tail. Yeah. Her rat tail. Yeah. <laughs> so their jaws were muscular, but not overly muscular. And that actually comes into play. They had 46 teeth, but studies show that their jaw was, get this, too weak to even kill a sheep. They were adept for small game like rabbits and other kinds. So they had a bounty put on them. Thousands were killed, all for a crime they did not commit. Now, it's not to say that they weren't guilty, but what they did was they promptly escaped from the outlands of Tasmania to the Los Angeles underground. And today, still wanted on a bounty, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you're in need, yeah. and if you can find them. Maybe you can hire the T-Team. So anyway, they, they're they not, I'm sure they were responsible for killing some sheep because they probably came in packs and or small ones. But yeah, the, like hyenas the do. dingoes were what was actually killing all these sheep. They killed them anyway because they didn't use common sense. They just used knee-jerk reactions because look scary, like you said. Between 1888 and... Well, that's when the dingoes weren't busy eating babies. Yes, exactly. I, I was listening while they I was gone. They carried away. Uh, there you go. So between 1888 and 1909, the Tasmanian government paid $1 in their currency per head, the equivalent of $100 Australian or more now. That's actually a lot of money for dead adult thylacines and 10 shillings for pups. And they ended up paying out two thousand one hundred eighty-four yeah, pounds. Your money, right? They were using English money at the time. They paid a pound, uh, but it it was their version of it, so it was English, but like, like Tasmanian English. Well, it had like pictures of their favorite thieves on it because it was Australia, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love? You know where they put the thieves before Australia? America. <laughs> like, we're like, uh-oh. So that's You know, one fun. of the craziest things to think think about back to, like, the Revolutionary War times? Not Then I'm going to go off on a historical tangent here. But, no, seriously, if you were back there, like, who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? You couldn't tell by uh, accent. Yeah. Everybody sounded British. Yeah. I found at the time that regional dialects was the best way to distinguish. You there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so those bounties combined with... The dingoes and things that were competing with food. A lot of dogs were brought over there, too. Prey being killed off. And then lack of genetic diversity. And unfortunately, there was this big distemper epidemic in the captive ones led to their believed extinction. Put all that into a blender and poof, you've got an extinct species. And the last known thylacine to be killed in the wild for sure was shot in 1930. So last captive thylacine, Benjamin was trapped in the Florentine Valley in southern Tasmania in 1933. And knowing it was one of the last, they they, they took extra good care of it. Wait, wait, nope, nope, nope I'm, 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 I'm hearing, hearing it again. Yeah, it actually went to the Hobart Zoo where it lived for three years and died in September 1936 because of fucking neglect. Literally, they left it outside and it died. There is conjecture. It's funny because people love to argue on the internet. No. Whether Ben was actually a male or a female, even though the people that had it said he was a male and they named him Ben. Uh, but video analysis now, they froze it, zoomed in, and boom, it's got nuts and a dick. So it is. I was about to say, larger male. sized mammals, it's not hard to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like sexing an iguana. I am not so sure. People argue about John's sex in Hysteria Nation all the time. <laughs> Wait. What? Damn you. Anyway, when I'm sexing an iguana, 
I put some Barry White on. I was just going to say. I get some yeah. red wine. Mm, baby. Once you whip that tail but out. But Brent, baby. was that actually the end of the species? Wait, we're, real quick. You actually had two iguana when we were in high school. So I, I did. don't really like that joke. Then, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's because I've experienced. There's no way to know what sex well, we they know are. We've experienced. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. But what I want to know is, was that actually the end of the species? We're going to explore that and a whole lot more. No sexy iguanas involved when we come back on Hysteria 51. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. Hello, everyone. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I'm Jenna Brister. And we are back for season two of a very merry, iconic podcast. We're going to be diving into your favorite holiday movies, recapping them, and going on a few tangents. Yes, and it's the end of the world as we know it. So why not close out 2020 with a bunch of episodes of Holiday Recap with us? So we hope Mm -hmm. everyone grabs a cup of eggnog. And a fistful of candy. Cook that bird in the oven. Doritos. We don't care what you're into. Just join us. Grab your bed wine. Grab your couch cocoa. We're getting lit on the holiday movies. We'll be doing 10 recap episodes. So subscribe to A Very Merry Iconic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And find us on social media at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast on Instagram. And we'll have all the updates there. ACAST recommends. Benjamin, I don't know that. Benny. I don't know that Yakko song the way that you do, but now it's stuck in my head, and all I'm getting is Peru. Little known fact: Michael Jackson was such a big fan of the last thylacine, he wrote that song. Been about it, that or his pet rat, but I mean, one or the other. Didn't he have a, a monkey named Bubbles? Yes, he was a chimp. And thank you, I said that. Ben, the two of us need look no more. He okay. literally wrote a song about his pet rat. Uh, original title, Speed Buggy. From a rat. I'm going back to Russia. <laughs> I want to know, Brent, was Ben the last one? Well. I don't mean rat. I'm talking about the thylacine. Yeah. In uh, such a timely matter, Official protection of the species by the Tasmanian government was introduced on July 10th, 1936, 59 days before Ben died in captivity because they care. They care. So to give you some context here, six years prior, the last one was shot Mm -hmm. in the wild Mm -hmm. that we know of. And 59 days after this happened, the last known captivity, one in captivity died. Mm -hmm. That's like put. Never mind. Were you going to get political? No, uh, yeah, yeah, I was, but I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll go sexual instead. That's like putting on a condom the next day. <laughs> I mean, the the toothpaste is out of the tube. Uh, but reports do keep, and at that time, kept trickling in of them, and it hasn't stopped. Some back in the day, there was a thylacine was reported shot and photographed in Mabana 
1938. Uh, there was also a possible 1957 sighting from a helicopter. An animal killed in Sandy Cape at night in 1961 was tentatively identified as a, as a thylacine. However, tentatively means I don't know or whatever. Well, the results of subsequent searches indicated a strong possibility of the survival of the species in Tasmania into the 1960s. Yeah, they had lots of evidence. And searches by Dr. Eric Goulier and David Flay in the northwest of Tasmania found footprints and droppings that they think and attributed to the animal. It was actually just my pet wombat's poop at the time. You weren't there. Also, they heard vocalizations matching the descriptions of those of the thylacine, and the local people were like, yeah, yeah, they're still here, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, we can't play for you a thylacine because there's no recordings of them, or known recordings of them. Once my pups are reared, I will record them for you. For a fee. Thank you. <laughs> Despite all of this, no rock solid evidence has been found to point to the survival of thylacines. That is true. And between 1967 and 1973, zoologist Jeremy Griffith and dairy farmer to the stars, James Malay, conducted <laughs> what is regarded as the most intensive search. Mally, please. Mally, uh, and most extensive search ever carried out. They actually included exhaustive searches and surveys along Tasmania's west coast, installation of automatic camera stations to take pictures of anything moved by, investigations of claimed sightings, and in 72, the, the creation of the Thylacine Expeditionary Research Team with Dr. Bob Brown, which concluded without finding any evidence of the Thylacine's existence. Actually, but part of the problem was those automatic camera stations. It was the late 60s, early 70s, so the camera would actually have to say, stop, Mr. Thylacine, please wait. <laughs> You're moving too fast. Yeah. Boo. Yeah, and, and then they someone would have to go change the bulb. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's actually the 1860s at this point. Yeah, yeah. Someone's got to hold up the flash, the actual flash. Mm -hmm. Um the thylacine held the status of endangered species until the 1980s. This is because international standards at the time stated that an animal could not be declared officially extinct until 50 years had yeah. passed until a confirmed record. Yeah, and it was declared extinct by the International Union for Conservation of Nature in 82 and by the Tasmanian government in 1986. For those like four years, were they just like holding out hope against hope? <laughs> well, more like, yeah, it was sitting on someone's desk like, uh, oh, yeah, like... Shit, I got to do this. They were just busy listening to Ben the whole so time. So here's the big question. Actually, that came out later. Well, they actually said, is the thylacine still there? And they said, no, sir, you don't have to look no more. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, I love me. Oh, at least someone does. Brent, is it gone? I'm going to go out it, on a limb and I'm going to say, it gone? no, it's not. I don't believe it is. In my heart of hearts. Reports do still pop up about pe people seeing this. Yeah, all the time, actually. Literally, people are coming out and saying, and this isn't just random people. These are zoologists, farmers, conservationists. In fact, the Australian Rare Fauna Research Association reports having 3,800 sightings on file from mainland Australia since the 1936 official extinction. Yeah, date. the Australian Rare Fauna Research Association. You have to say it like that because of proper Reasons. nomenclature. I don't know. In 1982, a researcher with the Tasmania Parks and Wildlife Service observed what he believed to be a thylacine for three minutes during the night in northwestern Tasmania. And that is a researcher. And he's going like, hmm, that's the only thing that that could be. But, you know. It was actually an alien. And the guy's like, what does a guy have to do to get seen around here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then in 85, Aboriginal tracker Kevin Cameron discovered five photographs which appear to show a digging thylacine, which he stated he took in Western Australia. And I actually have those photos. I'll post them. They're behind brush because it's digging, 
But it's one of those things where you're like, what the fuck is it if it's not? But unfortunately, he doesn't have the animal in front of him, so they can't really verify that it was. But it's stuff like that that really makes me think there's probably a small population of them. A little known fact, Kevin Cameron, uh, lesser known brother of James Cameron, uh, there will be thylacines in the next Avatar. Well, one can hope, but they're going to glow and fly, and you can hook them with your weird outward spinal cord. I also might have made all that up. That comes down your rat tail. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We bring the rat tail full circle. Then bringing up uh, rat tails in January of 1995, a Parks and Wildlife officer reported observing a thylacine in the uh, Pingana, Pingana region of northeastern Tasmania in the early hours of the morning. And the point that I'm getting at is these are wildlife officers, researchers, zoologists that are coming up and saying, I saw it. According to the Department of Primary Industries, Parks, Water and Environment, uh, or um, let's see, what would the acronym for this one be? PIPWI. According to PIPWI, <laughs> <laughs> there have been eight unconfirmed thylacine sighting reports between uh, 2016 and 2019, uh, with the last unconfirmed visual coming earlier this year. Yeah, so it's interesting that they keep coming in. And we have photos. We have a bunch of photos from back in 2005 when a tourist took them, but unfortunately was walking away. And they're not stopping is what we're no, getting. At. Right. It continues over and over and over. And, you know, the tough thing about sightings is that often you're it's from far away. And as we mentioned before, these do look similar to wolves, dogs, mm-hmm. even dingoes. So you could conceivably f- see something to that effect and mistake it for a thylacine with the best in, best of intentions mm-hmm. best of it you know and they always say that the the three things you're looking for if you're looking for a thylacine you're trying to see is number one if they open their mouth to yawn or something there's no other animal that that opens its mouth like that number two is if you can see the stripes that is a telltale sign that it is and number three the tail the tail is long bony it's very distinct looking. So those are kind of the things you're looking for if you're going on one of those walkabouts for 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 Tasmanian tigers. Tassies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So so Brent, let's uh let's get to our thoughts. Let's uh let's bring this one home. Well, something we talked about earlier. We were talking about what would we bring back? Well, that is something that we've talked a lot about in this genetic cloning. That's one of my thoughts is this is one of those animals that they they should do. And unfortunately, back in 99, there was a lot of talk of we're going to clone this thing. And then other scientists were like, you can't. You don't have enough genetic material or anything like that. And that kind of fell by the wayside. But I think that a couple things. So my thoughts on that are I think it'd be one of those animals that was unfairly killed. So bringing them back like Speaking of tigers, all the other species of tiger that we've killed off because we're fucking terrible and we're human, uh, they deserve to be brought back. Don't be so overly dramatic about it, Chuck. The other thing is, I believe that there probably is a small population, but the chance of that being real is dwindling by the day. And I think that there should be a huge effort put into trying to prove if that's true or not. And if it is, you know, the thing is they're nocturnal, they, they're shy, they, they don't want to be seen. And it's a learned response to stay the fuck away from people by now. Right. Yeah. They, they learned their lesson. They talked about in whaling times when like the humpback whale was a humpback whale, the sperm whale was so aggressive. They would capti- capsize ships just when they saw them. Now they 
I don't even know if it was those or the gray whale. I don't remember which whale. Now they don't give a shit because it's, it was a learned response that's now went away in 150 years. They were, they were actually just mistaking it. They thought it was whales, but it was actually the Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. That's not a whale. That's a Lovecraft. <laughs> hey, oh, oh, my <laughs> goodness. He is pumping on all cylinders. John, for real, do you think they're still around? It would not surprise me. Uh, I, I, I guess that's what I'm saying, too. Uh, yeah. I, 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 if we had some sort of magical ability to to omni-view every animal at the world at the same time and, and go, is it real? Does it exist? Does it not? You could tell me that they're all gone. I'd be like, oh, that's unfortunate, but I understand because once a breeding population gets too small, you just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You could also tell me that, listen, they held on. They've, they've stayed really remote. They're nocturnal, and they've got a large enough breeding population to be to be in existence, but not large enough to like be seen all the time. I would believe that, too. I, 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 like, they like, both make sense. It's funny. like The Kodiak bear from that Kodiak island is the largest bear. Um, it's roughly the size of a polar bear, but they weigh more. They are one of the only species that is on a remote island with such a small population. Yet, because of that, there was changes to where inbreeding doesn't affect them right. like it does right. with others. And that is something that can happen over time now. Has that isn't happened that, in 100 I mean, years? Isn't I don't that kind of like the, um, uh, the Komodo dragon? I don't know. Do they are they that well? Way? They're, they're they're on the Komo- Komodo yeah. Island, and I don't think they're really found much outside of that. No, island. And they're crazy, and they're not venomous, but their bite kills you because their mouth is so diseased. What a fun, fun animal! So they have something in common with conspiracy bot. That's right. Truth, I spit death. Like I don't know. No, I mean I'm working on my rap skills. Is <laughs> <laughs> the rap knees weak? Pinchers heavy. Yeah. I told you before. I spit bars and cause scars. He said it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So that's our thoughts. Uh, I, uh, maybe we are, um, what's the word I want to use? Cautiously optimistic that they're still around. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Um, and one that we both think is a possibility at the same time. Yeah. And I think that the, the amount of sites and the, quality of the site that's not to say that joe blow the sees it isn't true but when someone's trained in the region to know what animals are and they go i saw a thylacine has a little more oomph behind it or they're when they take photos and things like that that show it so last question mm -hmm. fast forward 30 years we either found them or or cloned them they exist again yeah there's not a ton of them but there's enough to where you can buy one Mm mm-hmm you're buying one, aren't you? Man, I tell you what, I got three dogs. They take up a lot of time. Um, so it's going to depend on if Assistant Ray really wants to take that under his belt because he's my, <laughs> he's the one who does house sitting for us. If he's on board, then, uh, bring it on. Hey, yeah, you just want, you just want to be at the bar. Yeah, I got a thylacine. What of it? I'll teach it to go, I'll go, ah, and it'll open its mouth all the way and I'll throw a treat to it and it'll be awesome. I'll be like, you can't kill me. You can't even kill a fucking sheep, you little loser. <laughs> And I'll go, hmm, and I'll come over for a little head scratches. Sit, sit in the corner. Yeah, I read online that dogs are so used to being scratched by us that now when you scratch behind their ears, it releases endorphins. So when I pet behind my dog's ears, I go, endorphins, endorphins, and it drives Lisa crazy, probably because I'll just say it at random for nine to ten minutes. Endorphins, 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 and shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's a beautiful marriage. It is. She's very lucky. Pork chop sandwiches. So, John, where can they tell us their thoughts on this beautiful, 
maybe extinct creature now, with a pouch. I know we have listeners in Australia and Tasmania, so we'd love to hear from them and the rest of you in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Go to Facebook.com, search Hysteria Nation. Put down your Vegemite sandwiches long enough to let us know what's going on with the Tasmanian tiger. And if you guys have actually seen it or know someone who has a story about it, or if it's all crazy bullcrap and Hooey. we didn't even get into a lot of the parts there's also parts about they declared it extinct for logging contracts so that they could move in on its land there's a lot of parts of this that i just didn't go down that road uh let us know your thoughts on hysteria nation or tweet to us at hysteria 51 pod that's the official show twitter we also have our own individual twitter accounts Brent is at the Brent Hand. That's me. I am at Gofo Light One. G O F O L I T E. The number one. No part of that is spelt the way it sounds like it should be. Nope. <laughs> and don't forget to also tweet to Fourth Hand Media. That's another channel we're on there, and all the other shows we're involved with. And you can look up Fourth Hand Media on Facebook. Just search Fourth Hand. Patreon, patreon.com slash hysteria 51. You can get this extra episodes, our monthly Skype interviews I'm doing with a random person every month. And you can also get a t-shirt. You can get a poster, a, a pin, sticker, stickers. I should, I, oh, plural. And if you're lucky, cause I do do some transfers, some trades with other shows, you might get stickers from other shows too. We do that quite a bit. Right now, I've got a bunch from Sofa King that they're doing ours and we're doing theirs. And you can also get a koozie because everyone needs a ice cold beverage. Or you could just host your own show. Yeah, that's true, too, for a nominal fee. <laughs> hey, if I go on sabbatical again, we we might pay you at this point. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? Also, voicemail 773-669-7277. Again, that's 773-669-7277. But if you forgot any of these things, there's one spot they can go. Hysteria51.com. Dot com. Tell right. a friend. Tell them to tune in on Mondays to KGRA Radio, 8 Central, 9 Eastern. I said that the opposite. I always use uh, 9, 8 Central. That was hard to say backwards. Because TV, TV has been doing that since yep. we were born. You're right. Um, and next time, Brent, I think we should listen to some of those voicemails. Yeah, we're going to have to start digging through the piles and piles for miles of voicemails. So, yeah, we're going to do that now that you're back for you know a week or two before I only get beaten somewhere. <laughs> Guess who's back? Back again. Holy- Gopo's back. Tell a friend. I was going to change those words, but I'll let you have it. Thank you. You're you're so soon back. So, again, the thylacine. I want a stuffed one. Everyone, tell me where I can find a stuffed thylacine. That'll be fun. And I'll poke people with the tail. (laughs) Because you know it's got to be stiff. With that said. I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meat sacks. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.